0: Well, welcome. If you haven't been at the mine before, a uh, couple things about the mine is this. It's, it's There's some interaction that's involved. Like, I'll be asking questions, and it's really okay for you to respond. And I'll be calling on people to respond. We're, and we're really going to look at this uh, series, which I love the idea of this series, where we're going to cover kind of the same thing, but we're going to try to go deeper into it. Like, you'll get a perspective, a great perspective on the weekend. We have phenomenal weekend teachers. And you get to come here, and if you want to dive a little bit deeper in. To that specific parable you really can. Um, Hopefully ask questions, hopefully maybe come even armed with some questions uh, for every week during this series because I know whoever's teaching uh, would really appreciate uh, that encouragement and that kind of feedback and we ultimately as teachers we what we want to do is help you grow deeper in understanding the Word of God so that the Word of God could go deeper in you. So uh, welcome. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, I moved here about two and a half months ago from Kentucky um which is awesome and then uh it turned 110 degrees here and uh we, we we got through our first dust storm uh you know we were the tourist people you know that you could tell the new people we we're uh we we're outside as it was coming in and just letting you know dust was hitting us and we're outside filming it and you know sending the video to all our friend, family and friends and then uh of somebody texted me and they go you know it's not really healthy to be outside actually during uh one of these dust storms and actually out in it i'm like no they go yeah there's this thing called valley fever um you might want to just go inside during one of those so uh you know we're learning um we're, we're learning some things about uh this area and we're loving it and um we're just really grateful to be here so uh I'd love to pray as uh, we launch in tonight. Jesus, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. We thank you for the opportunity to just dive into your word. And Jesus, we pray that uh, wherever we're at, you know where each of us are at, wherever we're at, we just pray that our hearts will be softened, that we'll be able to just take a deep breath, eliminate the distractions, and allow you to speak to us. So Jesus, uh, we invite you into this time. We invite you to do uh, and speak to us uh, everything you want to speak to us tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't know what you think when you think of parables. Uh, Our series title is called Storyteller. Uh, I don't know how, how many of you know great storytellers in your life. Uh, if you're like me, you probably have a weird uncle or somebody in your family or maybe you're that weird uncle that could always tell a great story. Like no matter when you get together for a family gathering, you always, especially as a little kid, you're always going there because he's going to tell a story. And he's, he's like intriguing and it's and capturing you and you, you get drawn into it. And there's great storytellers in our, in our culture. There's great people who could tell a story that inspires us, that connects us. I was at a movie. Movies do this for me a lot. Um, there are some great storytellers that, that write movies. Uh, I was in this uh, movie with my kids. Uh, some of you may have seen it. It's called Inside Out. And it's this, it's this animated cartoon movie that tells an amazing story that captures your emotion. It captures your attention. It kind of it reaches in and grabs you and helps you understand a bigger principle about, about what it means to have joy and sadness. Now, there's all sorts of great storytellers in our lifetime. There's that weird uncle, maybe. Maybe, there's, uh, maybe you remember the great storyteller of the writers of Seinfeld, the TV show that was overall about nothing. It was self-proclaimed about nothing. But yet, it drew people in where millions of people would watch it every week, would, would, you know, would just be set to watch this show every week. Because, and it was self-proclaimed. This is a story about nothing. But yet, there was something about the storytelling of the writers that intrigued that brought people in. And I believe that that's what Jesus wants us to do. Like when, he, when God wrote this Bible, had the, had the Bible written, he wanted to write this story that would bring us in, that would draw us in. And somewhere along the line, somewhere along history's line, many of us have found that the Bible hasn't something that we're drawn into. And tonight I want to ask you, and maybe even ask God to show you, like where was that point where the Bible wasn't something that drew you in, like where, where it just became something that didn't draw you in, that didn't get your attention because I believe God is the best storyteller that's ever existed. I believe he's written amazing stories for us to read, for us to learn from, for us to grow in. But yet, a lot of times, we'll go to a movie or go watch a TV show to hear about great stories. But the best storyteller that's ever existed who gave us amazing stories, will somehow feel like we can't connect with it. And we don't know how to just dive into it. So tonight, I want to invite you to think about it and think about what has stopped you in the past. Well, Jesus... uh, was not only a storyteller, he was, He was. Jesus was a person who told parables. Now parables aren't necessarily just stories because I think stories can just be about anything. Like you've all heard stories that are really about nothing, but just stories that kind of intrigue you. But Jesus, when he told stories, when he told stories that were called parables, they were something different than just stories. If you take the Greek word for what parable means, it's parabole, and it's defined as Teaching, a teaching aid cast alongside the truth being taught. A teaching aid cast alongside the truth that's being taught. That's what a parable is. It's not just a story. It's a teaching aid. It's something that's supposed to help get the point across, to help people understand. It's supposed to be something that, that is familiar with people so that they could understand the bigger truth or, or dive into the bigger truth. And Jesus was doing this all the time. And people would always question, like, why are you doing this? And even in this parable, as we dive in, we're going to find out, like, people were going, like, why? Why why do you need to tell a story? What's the purpose of parables? What's the purpose of all this? I don't know if you've ever uh, found yourself in this place where you've been sitting next to someone and you've heard the same message, but you actually heard something totally different. Like maybe you were affected and like maybe it was, you know, there was, there was an emotion reaction or there was some, some truth that you were getting fired up about. And the person next to you is going like, yeah, that was okay. I don't know. Where are we going to go out to eat afterwards? And you're going like, come on, didn't you just hear the same thing I heard? You know, what, what's going on? I want to tell you a story of two people as we dive in. Their names are Autumn and Sophie. Last year, I was leading a high school camp uh, on the beach in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and there was these two girls that I've known. One of them I've known for a long time. The other one I just met. Autumn was a girl, it was a ninth grade girl who had been in church her whole life, who, who knew and was very clear she had not accepted Jesus as her savior and was very, very much knowing where she sat. And we had an amazing camp, and there was this this just amazing time of connecting with God, and hearing about who Jesus was, and giving people, giving her a chance to respond. And she she sat there, and she goes, yeah, just not feeling it. I just, yeah, I know, I think I know what Jesus could do for me, but you know, I'm just not interested. Sophie was this girl, she was a, A Senior girl, she was from Boston, Massachusetts. She was invited by a friend and she came to this camp She didn't know any she only knew one other person her friend She came and she was uh, she came to this camp. She had been around church a little bit But she really didn't understand much about who God was or who Jesus was and she sat through the same same things that Autumn sat through And on Wednesday night she stood up when there was was a chance to respond and she gave her life to Christ. And I don't know if you've ever, like that was one of those places where I had people come to me like going, how does this person who's had an opportunity to hear about God and hear about Jesus over and over again not respond, but yet a person that's never heard about God, never heard about Jesus, hears about it once and they respond. See, the cool thing, a little bit more about Sophie's story is, two months later, uh, she was in Boone uh, Mas- home to Massachusetts and she was in a beauty pageant, and she became Miss Teen uh, Massachusetts. And she's now in her, almost to the end of her year, there'll be Miss Teen USA in the in next month. Or actually, yeah, I think in just a couple of weeks, I think July 12th. And it has, given her life to Christ has radically changed who she is. And she is now, not only, not only is she still walking her faith out, but now she's being, she's going into beauty pageants where, where people are not um, speaking about Jesus in, in great ways. And she's getting a, a platform to speak about who Jesus is. And the question is, how does somebody, how does somebody hear about Jesus once respond? And how uh, another person who's listen, heard about Jesus over and over again and doesn't respond. Why is that? That is... That is kind of at the point of what we're going to be talking about tonight. When I say this, I think a lot of times, I, I wanted to bring this up before we get rolling into this because I think here's, here's what happens a lot of times. I think, I think a lot of times when we've had a chance, we've heard God and we've heard what God wants us to do or given an invitation to to respond to what God wants us to do in life and we, and we say no, there can, be a, there can be a point where we feel shame, where we feel like, well, yeah, I, I missed that. I should have. I could have. I don't, I want you just to, like, if that's you, if you've ever had that moment where you, you felt, you could remember where you felt kind of like God tugging at your heart going like, hey, I really would love for you to to jump into this or to go here or to do that. And you said no. I want to invite you just to kind of like, just kind of move that aside. Just, just for tonight, just take a risk. Just for tonight, just go, okay, there is no shame. That opportunity that he gave you, that maybe you didn't, take advantage of, just kind of put that aside tonight, and let him speak into you completely and clearly. Let him show you. Maybe help, help, maybe he'll help you understand some of the the ways that life has, has worked, has happened in your life, and that he still has, he has some really cool opportunities for you, all right? So let's, um, let's dive in. I'm gonna have a couple questions as we're diving in. I want your response because I think a lot of when we're talking about uh, teaching and learning it depends on how teachable we are. Uh, if you've ever had little kids, uh, you have the real teachable stage where they learn everything and they're like oh, so ready to learn and uh, then you hit uh, a different stage where they don't um, and they may not be like, I really don't care and uh, whatever you say, I'm probably not going to listen and I think I got a better way and, and again, that's, that's normal. But what makes a teachable person? What are, what, like, if you were looking in, no matter what age, what, what are characteristics that, that are characteristics of a teachable person? Would, what'd you say? I'm sorry? Speaks with authority. Somebody's open or brokenhearted and kind of open to to something. Yeah, okay. A couple more. Yes. Someone who listens. listens. Absolutely, I agree. Humble. Humble, Humble. yeah. Curious. Curious. Accepting, Accepting. yeah. Versatile. Versatile. I like those, I like those. I think it's important To remind ourselves what teachable means. What it means to be a teachable person. Because we're all teachable at some point in our lives. And some of us still are. But at some point in our lives we were all teachable. And in that humble, learnable, open, um, kind of vulnerable place. We were teachable. And then for some of us. Things kind of cut in. And tonight I invite you to be teachable. Because that's who Jesus was speaking to. That's who Jesus was trying to speak to. That's why he was lovingly trying to help them understand what it meant to really dive in to the power of learning through a parable. So let me uh, dive in. If you want to turn to Matthew 13, uh, we're going to, we're actually going to, it's, the parable of the sowers mentioned in three Gospels—Matthew, Mark, and Luke—we're going to look at the Matthew uh, version of it. Mark, uh, we had uh, Scott Rogers looked at this weekend, and for extra credit, you could do you could read through Luke, um, and it says about the same thing. But it, all all every look at it uh, just views it a little bit differently. So we're going to look at Matthew 13. If you want to, I'm going to give you a context of how this story, went, how the story, what preceded this story. So if you want to look at Matthew 12, and I'm not going to read through it, but it, I just it's important sometimes to get the context This is where Jesus was coming from This is what had happened in the chapter before according, according to the gospel of Matthew. This is what um, Jesus had experienced first He was challenged from the religious leaders because his his disciples were p- picking and eating wheat on the Sabbath Next he got confronted by the religious leaders for healing a man on the Sabbath next Bunches of large, large crowds of people followed him and wanted to, wanted to learn from him and wanted to be healed, so he was doing that. Next, uh, he cast out a, a demon and a guy, and he was accused of being Satan because, that's, because the religious leaders accused him of that. Next, the religious leaders came to him and said, hey, we don't believe who you are. We're challenging your identity. We dare you to do a miracle. Next, just in case it wasn't crazy enough, he had family issues. That was the context of this, of this parable of the sower. He had all these things that happened. I don't know, um, I don't know about you, but when you've had a lot going on in your life, what, what do you think your personality, your character, your attitude would be at that point? Anybody want to be, want to be vulnerable and just say, hey, I think at that point this is how I'd be? <laughs> Discouraged, Discouraged? Upset? To <laughs> I'd be heading out into the wilderness? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I would be, I'd be like, okay, I need, I need a time out for a little bit here. But Jesus had a different mindset. This is the, this is the heart of Jesus because I think it, it helps us understand because I think this is Jesus's heart. When I see him getting into Matthew 13, this is what was really cool about it. I think at Matthew 13, he goes, oh, watch this. This is going to be the best learning experience ever because it wasn't about him. His disciples had been with him all throughout every one of those interactions and they probably were getting discouraged and probably grumbling and probably complaining and probably going, gosh, can't these people ever get, get it? Don't they know who you are? Why don't they understand who you are, Jesus? Why do, they keep, why do they keep confronting you? Why do they keep calling you names? Why do they keep challenging you? I don't understand this. And, you know, and I think Jesus was going like, oh, Matthew 13's coming. <laughs> Matthew 13's coming. Let, let me show you this. I want to show you. I want to teach you. I want to help you understand. And I think that's, what happens when we pick up Matthew 13. All right, Matthew 13. Uh, As we get started reading the scripture, I want to ask, how many of you have have planted or sowed anything in your life? How many of you have planted or sowed anything? Okay, what are things that you normally sow? What are the things, what types of things? Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Anybody? Anything else? But between is there a difference between planting and sowing? Jesus. Jesus, yeah, good, yeah. Is there anything? Do you do you plant and sow differently? I think I think you do. I mean, I grew up on a farm, so um, I grew up on a farm in Iowa. So we we did plant things and we sowed things. I um, mean, you look at the scripture a little bit, like when you actually talk about physical seeds. When you sowed things. You were, it was just like you were scattering them, like the, like the, like the story we're going to read. You just went out and you scattered, you just took a bunch of seed and you scattered it. But when you planted something, like when my mom had me plant something in the garden, you didn't carelessly just throw things. You, I mean, it was, you planted them. You were careful with the seed. You weren't, because there wasn't as many seeds and you planted and they had to be in a row and they had to be careful. Uh, when we, when my dad would go out and plant the, the fields of corn, they were, they were in a, in a planter that was in a row, and they were very carefully placed. The machines carefully placed them. Sowing is a little more just like spreading it out on top of the surface. Planting's more digging deep. And I, and I, w- I want to bring this up because I think there's a, there's a difference between the two. And tonight we're going to talk about sowing. In a couple weeks, we're going to talk about planting. And there's a difference because I think I think exactly what you were saying. I think sowing's like spreading Jesus, like telling people about Jesus. You're sowing Jesus out there, and you're just casting lots of seeds out there, and you're letting people know about who Jesus is and how awesome he is. And I think planting is is closer to spiritual growth. It's like where you're you're, you're investing in something, and you're 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 really paying attention to it, and you and you're nourishing it, and you're caring for it. Now, sometimes you do that when you're investing in a person to, to lead them to Jesus and you're doing that. But, but just as a general rule, I think we sow when we're telling people about Jesus. But when we're growing personally, it's like planting. And my question to you is, if in a lot of my life, this is what happened. I treated my own spiritual growth like sowing. Like I would just go to different things. Just trying to figure, like, yeah, I know I need to grow closer to God, so I'll go to this Bible study. And when I was in college, I'll go to this this group, and then I'll go to this group, and then I'll go to this church on Sunday. And I was, I wasn't going deep at all, and I wasn't investing anywhere deeply. What I was doing, I was just, I was just kind of going and just seeing what what hit and what what would grow. You know, what would I would connect with, and I didn't really experience lots of growth in my life, and I was getting frustrated. So I want, I want to just ask you. To consider like if you're struggling with why am I not growing spiritually? Why am I, why am I not growing spiritually? Is it because maybe you're looking at, maybe you're looking at your spiritual growth as, as somebody just sowing? Like I'm just going to try over here and I'm going to try over here and I'm going to try over here. Now I'm not telling you that that isn't good to kind of figure out where you're going to stop. But I encourage you when you want to grow, when you want to grow in your relationship with God, find a place to stop and invest into it. And really invest into your life. And really invest in what God wants wants in you and how you grow. But that's grow. That's going to happen in a couple weeks. Tonight we're talking about sowing. So sowing is, kind of is kind of like spreading out. Lots of seed spreading out and, and figuring out why do, why do I have Autumn over here who hears about Jesus all the time and doesn't respond? And why do I have Sophie over here who hears about Jesus once, gives her life to Christ, is on fire, was radically changed, will never be different. And why do I have Christians who've been Christians go to look at Sophie and go, I'm jealous of Sophie. Why can't I be like Sophie? What happened in my life? Why am I not like Sophie? I wish I could be like Sophie. Why did that happen? I think Jesus was telling this parable to help us, to help his disciples and maybe help us. All right, so let's look. Matthew 13, verses one and two. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Now, again, remember the context. For that, for a lot of us, that makes sense. <laughs> Whew, that was, a, that was a long season. Wake up in the morning, I'm gonna go sit out by the lake. That makes sense for a lot of us. Second, verse two: Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat in it while all, while all the people stood on the shore. Why? You know, why is that important? Why did, you know, why did God have Matthew write that in the in the Bible? Because I think it was important for the context of what was about ready to happen. I think, again, how Jesus knew Matthew 13 was coming. He was going, I'm going to live this out. I'm going I'm to let my disciples live this parable out. Now, they may not get it right away. They may not understand what they're living out. But as we, as we spend time, they're going to remember that we actually lived this parable out this day. So this large gathering of people came. And Jesus is going, yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm going to, people are going to get a chance to experience, to find truth that's really going to help them unlock some things in their life. My disciples are going to get some really, really big truth in this, in this day. It's going to be fun. And he probably felt a little sad because he knew the people that would walk away. He knew the people would walk away and we'll get to that in verse nine. So verses three through eight. Scott did a great job of saying that this weekend, but we'll read through it again. Then he told him many things Many things in parables saying a farmer went out to sow this seed as he was scattering the seed Some fell along the path and the birds came along and ate it up Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. So it sprang up quickly Because the soil was shallow But when the sun came up the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants Still other seed fell on good soil and produced a crop a hundred sixty or thirty times what was sown I was just, I mean, it was was the story. It's the parable. You know, and everybody's hearing it. And again, if you were here this weekend, uh, if you weren't, this was just a little bit of a review. It was like everybody understood that. Everybody, if they weren't farmers, they had seen it done. They had walked along a path when a farmer was throwing his seed out. They had walked along a path to see a birds that were, as soon as the farmer had put the seed out, there were birds that were following the, on the path and, and grabbing the seed. And they were understanding, yeah, there's some seed, you know, there's some seed that grows and some seed that doesn't, some seed that grows quickly and then dies. I mean, they, they were going, oh, I get this. So they were understanding the concept, the story part. But then Jesus does this great, great thing in verses nine, which um, I think it probably had to frustrate some people and confuse a whole lot of people. He said in verse nine, "He who has ears, let him hear." I don't know if you remember as a um, maybe a teenager or maybe young adult. um, This would I could paraphrase this what my parents would say, "Just listen to me. I know I I know what I'm talking about." And I'd go like, "Yeah, whatever. I don't understand. You know, yeah. I I mean, I know what you're saying. Don't hang out with those people. Don't do that. You know." A little bit I think that was how some people took this and some people probably took this going okay I came I walked for two days to hear this great teacher and he told me about sowing seed and about how birds and animals will pick up seed that lands on the lands on the path and how other you know plants will grow and then it'll burn up and other plants will get torn, you know taken out by thorns and other other plants will grow really really healthy I thought this guy was a good teacher. I mean, I could do that. I could do better than that. Now, I think this, here's the, here's the application to this a little bit. I think lots of people at that point got up and left. Said, wow, good teacher. Huh. Man, if that's what it takes to be a teacher nowadays and people follow you, man, I better get some disciples behind me because, man, I've been farming for 20 years. I could, I could tell farmer stories. I could tell stories like that. Now, the application part is how many times, and don't raise your hand, don't, you don't need to respond, but how many times have you sat through a message, especially in church, and you have thought, I could have done better than that. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Hello. Yeah, I've heard that before. I think that's what Jesus was meaning. He was meaning that not only for them, but for us. He was going, hey, I've, here's, a, here's a story that has a meaning to it. But are you going to stop at just hearing the words and hearing the obvious? Or are you willing to go deeper into the real truth that I'm trying to present to you? Because again, so many times I think we get to the point where we go, and I'm, I've been guilty of this. I've sat through place, I've sat through sermons, and I'm going like, "Really, this guy? Come on, come on, come on! You could do better than this." And in that moment, pride sets in and I become the first type of soil. My heart immediately becomes hard to whatever message God was trying to teach me. Whatever message he was trying to tell me, my heart immediately becomes hard and it doesn't care what's gonna happen. A thousand people could give the life to Christ and, and a thousand people's lives could be changed in, in that room and nothing will happen in me because I have, I have said, there's, I've looked at a man who was speaking And I said, I could do better. And I've shut down the voice of God that's being spoken through that man or through that woman or through that person. I invite you, again, when you find yourself, and this is just, this is a little bit of coaching. I mean, I just encourage you, this may not be you, but if you ever find yourself going, I don't know why I'm not getting anything out of this or man, this guy's boring or this, man, this is, man, where's that other guy? Can't wait till Lynn's back. Man, when Lynn gets back, this, this is going to be good, you know. But man, I, I guess I have to put up with this. I invite you, and that doesn't, I'm, I'm not saying that to say that you need, that every speaker's 100% awesome. Um, what I'm saying is, I believe God could use, God could speak through anybody. And when we're in a place to hear God's voice and, and we don't hear anything... First, we want to look at our own hearts. Did did we shut the voice of God down? Did we become, I mean, we chose to become the soil that was hard. In that moment, we chose to become the soil that's hard. Now, the reverse of that. What do you do with friends? What do you do with people that you know who are, they have, they're they're (laughs) hard-hearted, there there's no there's no love. you could talk about Jesus all day and they're probably going to say some words back to you that are four letters and not um, holy. And you're and you're going like, "Well, what do I do with that? What is that? How can I how can I address that? What do I do with that?" Pray. Pray. <laughs> Definitely. Pray. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Lead, lead, play, Christian music. play Christian music. Be an example. You know, in the story, what is it like to help start to till up the soil that they're in? And a lot of what you guys are just saying, how do you till up the soil that those people are in? Because they're very they're on very hard ground, and they may have chosen that ground. By the way, it may have been they may have felt pushed that way, but they also may have chosen to reject God, and they're firmly in it. You can't make them move, but you can start to till the ground around them. (laughs) Soften it up. (laughs) Love them. Care for them. If you've ever been a parent that's had a kid that's uh, got hard-hearted, or if you have a, if you've ever had a friend who's turned really hard hearted that but you love them a lot or maybe you've had a parent that that somewhere along life turned hard hearted you can't change them and we do just about anything we can to soften their hearts and what's instead of trying to change their character and behavior I believe that Jesus is saying hey here you go you're not going you you can't just give up on them don't give up on them Start, keep tilling the soil keep keep tilling the soil around them. Because if if you till up the soil around them, if they make a step, they're all of a sudden on on less rocky ground, less hard ground. And I invite you to uh, consider that. Back to the ears that hear. I think, I think what he was meaning is, do you, is your heart soft enough to hear the spiritual truth? Because he didn't say... With your mind, be smart. With your intelligence, come up with some good reasoning, rational reasons. What he said, with with your ears, hear. Is Is your heart ready to hear what's next? And for a lot of people, they got up and left. They just got up and left and said, forget this. I don't know what you're talking about. I think you're a lunatic, I invested all of this so that I could hear you because you were going to do something for me. You were going to change my life because I've heard people coming and talking, hearing you, and their lives were changed, and they, their their hearts got hard and they walked away. I think, I mean, just as a to jump off here, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. Some. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you didn't hear that, you know, somebody who plants, somebody who waters, and then and there's other verses that say, and somebody gets to be the person there when the re, when the harvest comes in. Yeah. I totally agree. If you didn't hear all that it's, he was talking about, it. he goes. There's a he was at a church or heard of a church before where um, they did a they had a service and the past normal pastor wasn't speaking to. They had a special special speaker pastor and lots of people responded and the, the pastor of the church was kind of upset. He goes, "I've given the same message before, but they didn't respond when I when I said it." What you know? What's the deal? I think the I think for a lot of pastors and not in our church because I mean I think we've got an amazing church and I think there's amazing churches everywhere. But I think for a, there's many pastors in our world the reason why they're struggling is because they're actually sowing seed in the hardest ground in their church because there's been so many people who've rejected for some for whatever reason have rejected god's voice or rejected the response to god and they're they the people where they're sowing is just their church they're not going outside their church I've seen so many pastors who, like, they'll go out on a mission trip or go out into the community, and they're like, why are people outside my church more receptive to the gospel than the people inside my church? And it, and it, and it isn't, and I want to be clear, I don't think it's, now I think there's responsibilities all, all over the place, but I, th- I don't think it's, you can't blame the pastor, because each of us have a responsibility. Now, the pastor has a responsibility, too. There, he's responsible to God, and he'll be held responsible, but there's a personal responsibility to that, where if people choose to reject God's voice, pastor can't do anything about it. If they choose to say, nope, I want it this way. I'm going to hear these things. They've kind of created their own hard ground. And some pastors really struggle. If you want to pray for pastors, pray for pastors that find themselves in that situation. Yeah. I so reference to two people, I've had this happen I'm talking to gets it, thinking the same says, What you doing this weekend? so it doesn't mean that person isn't saved, it just means maybe that at Yeah, they've they're, they're not connected with God at that moment. They're not responding right that moment. And, and there's no guilt in that. It's just, it, but it does help explain because there's nothing more, um, then we'll get back to this in a, in a sec. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating for people on fire for God. Like if you've ever met people on fire for God and they go out and try to tell people about it and they're telling people like, man, this changed my life and I'm so excited about this. We're going to go do this. And this has really made a difference. And then they're telling people and they're just, people are like, huh, okay. Good for you. What's on TV? All right. Where are we going to eat? And it just, you, just see, like, you just see the energy and the excitement of the people on fire just kind of go down. So it's, it's a, I think this is part of what he was teaching too. He was trying, Jesus was trying to go like, hey guys, you're going to experience this in life. <laughs> I want to help you. I'm trying to teach you things that you'll, be, you'll come back to this moment. Many times, this, this story, many times you go, oh, that's what, that's what that meant. And that's what that meant. And that's what that meant. Yeah. That's Yeah, that's great. Uh if you didn't hear that it's it's not your responsibility to save someone. You you have never saved anyone. And I have never saved anyone, nor will any human other than Jesus ever save anyone. Now, our job is to go tell people about Jesus. Just go sow the seed, tell people about Jesus. Tell about who Jesus is, how much he loves them, how much he cares for them, how much he, he cares about them in, their, in the messiest part of their lives and loves them and wants to help and rescue them and wants to, wants to heal them and wants them to have a full life. That's what he tells us to do. And it's hard because if you've ever had a love, somebody you love a lot that just will not get to that point and then you push them and then you realize you're pushing them and then you realize you're pushing them away. And that breaks your heart too. But I think, back to this, I think Jesus was saying, hey guys, there's a there's, there's deeper meaning to this. It's not just about seed and it's not just about planting. and It's not just about, um, hey, some people are just going to be that way. He goes, I think he was wanting us, again, he'll, he'll take us as deep as, as we'll let him take us. Where he wants to, where, how he wants to apply this passage in your life tonight is unique. I'm, just, I'm trying to bring you through what, what God's revealed to me. And th- these questions and these dialogue, this dialogue is great, but let him speak to you. Because this isn't just a knowledge. It wasn't just knowledge. Knowledge knowledge stops short. Knowledge, just knowledge, kind of ends up, I think, in one of these, others, these other uh, soil groups. I don't think it ends up in the, if, if you don't get into action, I don't, I don't think you ever end up in the fruitful group where the soil is great and it's, you know, 30, 1600 times what was sown. So I invite you to let God tell you uh, where, where he, what he wants to tell you in this. All right, let's, um, let's move along to uh, verses 10 through 15. We're going to kind of uh, move through these a little bit. The disciples came to him. Why do you speak to people to the people in parables he replied the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you But not to them. Whoever else has been given more. He will have an abundance Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. That is why I speak to them in parables Those seeing they do not see though hearing they do not hear or understand In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding you will be ever seeing, but never perceiving for, these, for this people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. So what, what did the disciples have? When, when, what do you think Jesus was talking about here when he said, you have something they don't? What do you think that, that something was? Fertile soil, yes. Calling. Calling, yeah, part of that, yes. Open mind. Open mind. Faith, that the Son of God. faith that Jesus was the Son of God. These other people didn't have Jesus, didn't have a belief in Jesus. So they couldn't, if you don't have a belief or faith in Jesus, you can't hear the, you can't hear the bigger truth, you can't see the bigger things of life. I really believe that that's what he was. That's what he was talking about. It, it wasn't. It was this. It was just the pure, simple thing that they had this belief that Jesus was the Son of God. You have something, and by the way, when I love that part. When you have this, you will be given more. <laughs> Like when you have a faith in Jesus and you're, and you're diving into that, you will be given more belief in Jesus, but more understanding, more life in Jesus, more life overall. You'll just be given more and more and more. But if you reject, if you say, no, God, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to listen to you. I don't want to deal with what you, what you want me to deal with right now. It gets taken away. Meaning, not that God comes in and goes, mine, take on that back. It means you're dropping it. Because when you when you push God away, whatever you've accepted—this is how I've seen it um, portrayed—is that you get you take stuff from God like this with open arms. He puts it in your arms, and when you turn a posture of rejecting God, whatever was in your arms <laughs> falls. So like when he gives you these great gifts and your life is going great and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, I don't know. And you kind of push, you know, you're kind of, maybe you're doing one of these. Like you're holding on to some but pushing them back. I believe that's what some of what he was trying to, Jesus was trying to say, hey, there's a deeper, there's a deeper understanding here. <laughs> you have a faith and belief in me. <laughs> that's why they don't understand. That's why you're understanding. That's why you're sticking around. When I say stuff like, Let, whoever has ears here, All right, who wants to go to the after party to debrief? All right, thanks, disciples. Why are you here? Because you're the son of God. What's this all about? We have no idea what you just said, but we want to know what's this all about. You're humble. Okay, you're teachable. You want to know more. All right, let's talk about this. All right, let's go to uh, the next group of verses. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. Verse 18. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand them, the evil one comes in, snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Now, we'd already talked about this. We're not going to spend much time, but you guys did a great job of diving into this. You know, it's just... It's not an intellectual thing. It's a moral thing. It's like we we just don't, we kind of reject it. It's not like we don't, we don't hear it. Like, well, I hear? yeah, I hear what you say, God. Yeah, we should, I should do this and we shouldn't do this and you want me to do this and I understand that. But it's a moral thing. It's more of an internal thing where we just go like, yeah, there's people who are just gonna say, you know what, I don't, I'm just not, I just don't wanna do that. I'm just not there. And the soil gets hard. And Jesus was going, hey guys, this is what's going to happen. The seed along the path, it's going to get hard. It's going it's to, you know, there's people that are going to be like that. Don't give up on them. I really believe he was saying don't give up on them. But don't overemphasize them either. Understand that this is, this is how I made people. I made people to choose. They get to choose. They get to choose this. They get to choose the condition of how they respond to me. All right, let's go to the next verses. Verses 20 to 21. The one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places is the man who hears the word of God and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the world, he quickly falls away. What is that type? I think that type of ground represents the attack. Have you ever... um, Think about people like people like who like get really fired up But then a uh, fight about Jesus Maybe they give their lives to Christ. Um, we see this all the time um, at, C- at Cornerstone and I've been a, a part of similar churches where people give their lives to Christ and they're excited and It's like my life is different. I can't believe I can't believe this and within literally seven days They have a huge relationship blow up their car breaks down They have a huge they have huge problems at work and all these things go crazy and we may never see them again. Meaning they just, they, they, they grow up, they, they get excited and then they get attacked and they just go away. Maybe that's happened in your life where you've got excited about what God's doing and maybe you really felt passionate about something. You got excited and then like instantly some crazy stuff happened, maybe with your health, maybe with one of your kids' health or your parents' health. And something happened and it just kind of stole, <laughs> kind of feel like it was stealing stuff away. Here's what I want to invite us to do is to think about this. If you're if you if you're a Christian, if you give your life to Christ, and you, and you know anybody that gives their life to Christ, immediately surround them and pray for them and encourage them and be in their lives, so that they don't. So that maybe you could help move them from the soil that they're in, in a place that man they're going to be in a place that if they not if they don't get help, if somebody's not there to protect them, they're going to get attacked. It matters so much in those first days that there's people out there that are willing to fight for him. We have a great ministry here at the church that goes and d- makes calls to everybody who makes a decision that we get their information. They're making calls within two or three days to them. Hey, how are you doing? How can we pray for you? We're praying for you. Is there anything we could do to help you? Here's the next step. Because we know how important it is for people not to, not to get on just really rocky soil where they, they give their life to Christ. So they get excited and they get growing in God and then all of a sudden they burn up. I invite you. And if you found, by the way, if you found yourself in that place, if you've, if you've experienced that before, don't give up hope. Like maybe there was a place where you thought like, man, I, I remember that week or that month where, where I was really close to God and then all this craziness happened. I mean, if this is what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow Jesus, man, I, this is just, I, all this crazy stuff happens. I don't know what to do with that. I invite you. I invite you to lean in. Let God speak to you. It was not his plan for those things to happen to you. The soil that you were on was not his plan. He didn't put you on that soil so that you would just flame up and then burn out. He wants to help you get to soil that's fertile, that you can grow in, that you could thrive in and be with people in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love them, um, care for them, take them, you know, take what, you know, I don't know what their situation is, but take them out for coffee, take them out for dinner. The question that I would ask them, if if they're soft, if they're still soft enough to ask is, hey, do you remember? Why were you excited? Do you remember why you were excited? Do you remember what was going on there? And I invite you all to do this. If you've given your life to Christ, (laughs) remember what it was like when you first gave your life to Christ. Because that will, that will like renew. There's something that's so, so renewing and like, oh yeah, that's who I am. That's who Jesus is. That's how, I remember that excitement. Now, a lot of times, and you, and you probably know this, is that they're going to be better or they're going to be distant. They're like, yeah, but that didn't work. Continue to encourage them. Go, no, that was true. What happened, what happened in you, like when you were growing, were you excited about Jesus? That was true. That was really true. Remember how it felt. Mate, you might have to coach them a little bit and help them. You know, this is what I saw in you. This is what I heard you say. Man, that was so, I was so excited. I, man, I, w- I wanted to be around you so much because of what, of what you were saying and what, what Jesus was doing in your life. You might have to help them remember. That's my best uh, advice to you. Help them remember. And then you could help them unpack that what's happened since then doesn't have to be their future. <laughs> That, where they were that moment in those days and weeks, that could really be true, true about their life. And it's going to, it takes work and just, but if you, if you can just get them to go, hey, would you try it? <laughs> would you take a risk? <laughs> what if you, what if that was really, what if that was true? What if that could, could be true? I'll walk with you on that. Let's, let's talk about this. Okay. Good question. All right. Uh, verse 22 The one who received the seed fell among the thorns and is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, making it unfruitful. Uh, That is like distraction. Um, That's just distractions that come up in life. Uh, I would say most uh, people who give their lives to Christ spend time dealing in this soil. Uh, especially in our culture, and our world, there's tons of distractions, whether it's good or bad, but I mean, there's, it used to be just bad distractions would take you away. Now it's all these good distractions. I mean, you could li- make a list of all the things you could be doing right now, and they're all, and most of them are good things. It's not like you, well, you could either go to church or go to the bar. I mean, there's lots and lots of good choices where you could be at, and they're distractions for your, for your growth and distractions for what God has planned for your life. Here's how. I, here's an analogy that I've used that I've seen used before. This is how you know: Is there a distraction? Are you on danger of being of being on ground that has thorns that are starting to wrap around you, starting to choke your your growth and relationship with God? Ask yourself this question: To be okay, to be okay in life, what do I need? Do I need Jesus and something else? Right. Right I mean again we're in a church and the correct answer is Jesus, just Jesus and it's really true. And I, and again I don't want to come off too heavy here because this is this is something that we all probably well, most of us me um, struggle with to be okay I need Jesus and I need a I need a healthy family. <laughs> and I need Jesus, you know, if I'm going to be okay, I need Jesus. You know, I just need to make a I need to be able to make a living. I need to have that that close relationship or I need to have my day off or I need to have my thing. If you answer, whatever you put Jesus and whatever that and is, that's your thorn. That's the distraction that the enemy, the inroad the enemy will use to distract you from growing in your relationship with God. Now I did not say family's not important. I did not say your spouse or your kids or your parents are not important. I'm just saying if, if Jesus isn't the top, that other competing thing that Jesus and that other thing in that blank is something that the that the enemy can use as playable for you to use as a thorn to kind of distract you from growing in what Jesus wants you to become. One, the only way that I know is and again these are thr- these are growing Christians. These are this probably describes a lot of a lot of you fought, probably fit in these last two categories. The only way I've seen people really um, be healthy in dealing with this and living life with this, not letting that G, that and thing uh, get in their life, is to really be with people in community with people, having people in their lives that are helping them see it, that are helping them hold them accountable a little bit. Going, hey, you know, you know, it seems like uh, you're watching your watch. Um, you know, it's I know it's football season again, but it seems like you're watching your you're watcher, you're checking your phone a lot more than you are paying attention uh, to what's going on here. Uh, or, man, why aren't you hanging out? Why aren't you at this, you know, you used to go to this study, or you used to go to this event, or you used to be at this church thing. What, what's going on? And, and, you know, well, you know, my family's really important, and I'm, gonna, you know, I'm really spending a lot of time with them, and, I'm, you know, and that type of thing. And again, I'm not saying family's not really important. It, it, it is. It's just when it starts to overrule Jesus It takes a higher priority than Jesus. You've planted a thorn. You've stepped into the soil with thorns. Now that's the good, good, good stuff. Now there's other thorns and distractions, wealth, popularity, success, um, you know, whatever image of success you see, there's a lot of other distractions uh, that could fall in that. Uh, I'm going to get to the last one, verse 23, because um, that's the fun one. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. What does that person look like? What are you going to do to make sure your life is made up of that good soil? So that whatever Jesus is sowing into your life, it grows. I think you're in a good place. Not... Not necessarily the mind, but the, the idea of, of a community where people are, you're diving into the word of God, you're hearing the word of God, you're interacting with the word of God. I think that's a good thing. I think being teachable, learning and continuing to be teachable by people, but more importantly, by God. Letting God break your heart. Trusting God with what he tells you. I think that's how you make sure that you're tilling the soil underneath you so that, you're, so that you're planted in the right soil. You can't control everything in life, but you can control what you can control. I encourage you to control. You can't control some of the things that happen in your life. And it wasn't God's plan for those horrible things to happen, but you can control where you, put, where you place your feet and where you put your, the environment you put yourself into. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think you hit it right there. It's like, if you're going to be on fertile soil, you have to be an active participant. You're not just a... You're not just going okay. Where's the seed? <laughs> I'm going okay. Now I'm living a fruitful life. It's it's your you're invested into that into that process with with God in your life. Uh, in closing, I just want to give you some application, maybe some application ideas uh, Two specific areas. The first one is the outward showing. What does this outwardly mean? What does this parable say about outward? Uh, first, we have talked about this before, but I really want to invite you to do this. Some of you are, are evangelists. I really believe in this room there's a number of people who are evangelists. People who are, who are made, I mean, we're all made to share the love of Jesus and the word of Jesus to people. I believe, I believe that 100% true. I believe some of us are specially gifted, like he's especially he gifted some of us. And I believe some of us have stopped sharing it because we've gotten discouraged. Because all we've done is we've sown seed on hard soil and hard soil and hard soil. And we've given up and we think that there's something wrong with us. Jesus was saying, it isn't about you. When you're, when you're sowing the seed, it's not, it's, it's not about you to get the results. So if you've found yourself that way, maybe God brought you here tonight to say, hey, I want you to keep sowing. Keep telling people about, keep showing people about me. Keep doing this. Get fired up again. I didn't, I didn't take that away. I, I want you to keep doing that. And guess what? You, you will see the re, you, maybe you won't see the rewards here, but you will see the rewards in heaven. You will see the result of your, of your sowing. So the first thing is, don't give up. The second is, if you want some practice, and this is what I encourage people that want to practice sharing their faith. Now, you think back in the biblical time, there was, there was, you know, I heard somebody explain this scripture passage, and I don't agree with the way they explained it. They said, well, one-fourth of the seed you plant, one-fourth of the people you tell is going to be on, on good ground, on fertile ground. I disagree with that because I think if you're smart— You're going to go to fertile ground, what looks like fertile ground, and you're going to sow in that direction because that has more, that has more potential to give results. Now, I'm not saying avoid play, never go to a certain place, but if if you want to, if you want to start sharing God's love, share in a, in a place that looks fertile, looks soft, looks like it's not crazy and hard. By the way, that may be, (laughs) that may be the place you least expect it. If you really want a chance to share God's love, I encourage you to go to downtown Phoenix, find a shelter, find a kid's, uh, play, a kid's mentoring program, and you go love on some kids and love on some people. Go serve some meals. If you haven't seen the love of God, see a response from the sowing of the love of God, go to a place like that. And you will see it may not be in a, I gave my life to Christ, but it will be in a smile. It will be in an appreciation. You'll see, th- you'll see the face of Jesus through the people you're serving. and You'll go like, "Oh, I get it." So go to fertile ground. Like don't go to go to fertile ground. Don't go to your neighbor who's a confirmed atheist who every time you mention the word God is going to scream and yell at you and throw stuff over the wall at you. I mean, don't. Okay, hard soil. You probably don't want to start there to get to get fueled up. Go to a place that looks like it has fertile ground that you might be able to get some response, that you get some dialogue to give God a chance to do some amazing things. And lastly, um, I just encourage you to think inwardly. Maybe where's a place, uh, where's a place maybe that where you've personally just kind of been uh, sowing instead of planting. Like you've kind of been letting, you know, sort of letting God do something in you, but you really haven't invested that. And again, that's coming in a couple weeks when it talks about planting and what what it means to plant, like when a mustard seed gets planted and what could happen through that. But you have to plant it. So if there's places where you need to start thinking about, okay, where do I want to plant in my life? Where do I want God to plant something new in my life? I invite you to be thinking about that over the next couple weeks because in a couple weeks, I think uh, God can meet you in some really amazing ways. And if there's places where you've just been kind of sowing in your own life and it's time to maybe invest a little bit deeper, it's time to go have a conversation going, hey, I've, I, really need to, I really want to work on this. Uh, I invite you to do that. Uh, I really believe that uh, the, the word of God is an amazing thing. And I really believe that he wants to show us deeper and deeper things as we, be, we continue to be teachable. We continue to be humble. And we continue to let him, his voice, God's voice, Be the one we listen to. Because when he tells us things, nothing can stop us. (laughs) Because it's him that's working through us. Uh, Thanks for coming. Let me pray for us. And uh, we'll have any announcements. Jesus, thank you so much for tonight. Jesus, I thank you for this this parable, this teaching aid that you gave us that was about what it meant to just sow the seed of your love, of your hope, of your truth uh, to people all around us and maybe even in our own lives where it it was really just bringing up the idea, the, the fact that you have so much to offer us, that there's so many things that you want to do in and through us that you want us to just unpack and uncover that you want us to experience you fully and then to have the people around us experience you. So Jesus, I pray that uh, you'll prepare our hearts in these days. Uh, You'll like show us where we maybe can till our own soil a little bit. Maybe we need to make movements uh, from places where we've been hard hearted, where we will, we will not listen to you in this area. Maybe we need to step and make, uh, make some sort of step into a softer ground. And maybe there's places where we need to just eliminate a distraction. There's something in our lives that has just been a Jesus and like we've, we've let something compete or maybe take priority over you in our lives. And Jesus, we we just ask that you will help us understand and get the courage to get to put that in its right place and Jesus maybe there's places where we need to just make some action happen in our lives so that we could uh, not only be in fertile ground but to experience uh, the 30 the 60 the 100 times uh, type of feedback and type of response that you want to use us with so Jesus we thank you for tonight we pray that you'll keep us safe that you'll uh, continue to let the word of God uh, do an amazing thing in and through us we pray this in Jesus name amen Thanks, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you back this weekend or next week. Thank you.